Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the All Portable Discussion Zone. It's a bi-weekly live stream all about amateur radio portable ops. My name is Charlie. Call sign is November Juliet 7 Victor. And with me this, uh, this morning um, is our guest, Brian, N2BTD. And uh, welcome, Brian. Good morning to everyone. Also, Dan should be along shortly. He's having computer problems, having to reboot a couple times, it sounds like. But he's the co-host, and he'll be joining us. Brian, who hasn't been with us for uh, Brian uh, Betts, uh, W7JET, who hasn't been with us for a while, is still doing his uh, new job as an airline pilot and hasn't had time to, to join us of late. Of course, uh, as usual, the, we have you guys in chat. We really appreciate you being there. Go ahead and uh, make sure you ask uh, questions if you have them. Just drop them in the uh, chat and uh, we will be sure to answer them um and let's see what else we got oh just uh, remember that if uh, if uh, that this is a podcast as well we, we convert this into a podcast about 24 hours after the show so you can find that on most of your podcast players and so let's get caught up with what's been going on uh, the last little bit between uh, uh brian and i and then uh, dan when he uh, when he joins us so for me i have uh not really done a whole lot since uh, in the last couple of weeks. I've I've done one uh, soda activation, and it wasn't even a poda com combo. I like to do the combos quite a bit, but uh, this was just a soda. It was in town, and uh, I uh, I did a live stream on that one actually. And uh, other than that, I've not really been up to too much. I have uh, got plans to go to Florida, and I I was just uh, debating just before this live stream as to whether or not I'm going to take my radio there and see if I can find a park. Uh, I don't know if I'll have time or not, but uh, that's uh, that would be kind of cool to to take the maybe just the MTR3B and see if I can get a few things. But uh, with that, uh, uh, Brian, uh, welcome to the show. What have you been up to of late? Well, mostly hunting parks. Uh, have activated a few. Um, to be honest, uh, I just actually started uh, trying out FT8 for the first time. I've pretty much been a sideband operator my whole life and uh, decided to buy one of those inexpensive $60 uh, laptops that everybody's been buying and hooked it up and uh, been running a little bit of FT8 here and there. But, um, you know, still sideband is going to be my favorite, no doubt. Yeah, for, for sure. Cool. Cool. Well, um, let's get going here. Let me just acknowledge uh, we've got quite a few people in, in uh, the chat room, and uh, some of them you may know, some of you may not. I don't know if you have that up where you can see. Yes, uh, I do. But if there's anybody there that uh, that you recognize, go ahead and you can let that say hi to them. And uh, if not, we'll just go ahead and uh, move on to what uh, where you're from originally. Just get us, let's, let's get to know you a little bit better about uh, what's get a little background from you. Okay, well, I'm born and raised in New York. Uh, I've lived in Rockland County here where, uh, where I currently reside all my life. Um, and uh, uh, married, have uh, twin 12-year-old girls. Uh, and um, it's, a, it's a beautiful suburb of New York City and uh, really enjoy it here. Cool. All right. And uh, can you tell us what you do for, for, for a living? Some people can. Yeah, can. I, I actually get paid to talk on the radio. <laughs> uh, I'm a 911 dispatcher for my local police department and ambulance corps. I've been there for 15 years. Yeah, cool. Cool. That's awesome. That's, that's a good job. But actually, high stress at times, right? I, it can be. It can be. But, uh, you know, you learn to deal with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. 
Well, let's let's. You, you mentioned FTA. Why don't we just start there? Um, there's a guy. Uh, we got Mike in the chat. I don't know if you know Mike or not. Where is his thing here? He says just a quick forty FTA, forty meter FTA activation on sixty five thirty two about an hour ago. <clears throat> I've not ever used FTA at this point. I plan to. So tell us a little bit about what you have set up. Your maybe your radio, your gear, and kind of how you do FTA and the, and your other stuff. Just kind of give, give us a rundown for hunting anyway. Okay. Well, for hunting, I, I at the house I have an ICOM seventy three hundred, and um, uh, I have two antennas up right now. I have a uh, a dipole about for forty meters strung in the backyard, and also have a hundred and twenty eight foot NFED um, that runs from my deck about seventy five foot up into a tree, and then about another fifty feet down the other side of the tree. Um, wow. So those are those are my prime, my two primary antennas right now. Uh, I, I did purchase a hex beam, uh, which I hope to get up in the near future. But yeah. uh, right now it hasn't been assembled. So right now we're just running two wires. You know, I would love to have a hex beam myself. Wow, that's pretty cool. Um, okay, so what about uh, for activating? Okay, for activating. Um, Right now, I'm primarily just a mobile operator. So uh, in the car, I, I run a Kenwood 480. And um, I, originally, I had just installed um, one hamstick on the vehicle. I, I have a Ford Explorer. But uh, getting out and changing that hamstick to a different band over and over and over uh, got to be a little annoying, <laughs> as you can imagine. So even though it looks really ridiculous, I installed a second mount on my Ford Explorer. So uh, I primarily run 40 meters on the driver's side and I have a 20 meter stick on the passenger side. Um, and I also keep sticks for um, pretty much all the other bands in the car when I'm out activating. So I could do multiple bands just by uh, changing them. And uh, I have the uh, uh, the tram uh, quick disconnects for them as well, so I can get the uh, the uh, antennas on and off the the mounts within you know three seconds. Wow, that's pretty cool. So, would you say for your uh, park activating uh, experiences, you would mostly do twenty and forty, one or the other, or both, or what do you do? I primarily always do 20 and 40. Um, and then depending upon what time of day I'm activating, um, I may do different bands at night. I may do 80. Um, and during the daytime, as long as the conditions are okay, you know, I'll do 17, uh, 15. Haven't had so much luck on 12 or 10, but hopefully in the next, uh, you know, a uh, year or two, we'll, we'll, we'll have uh, a, you know, better openings on those bands as well. Yeah. Cool. All right. And then of course, when you're, when you're chasing you, you, uh, it's all every, every, which band, right. But uh, what do you, what do you primarily chase on? What do you find? Primarily it's 20, um, and, and 40. But of course, if I see something, um, you know, that, uh, I need, or, uh, you know, a friend activating on 17 or 15 or whatever, I'll, I'll, I'll go and tune tune and see if we can't uh, make the connection. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, so, uh, Stu says I've done FT8 from a park once and it was fun. I shall try again. Yeah. How, how many, how much have you done from uh, FT8? Um, well, I have not activated on FT8 yet because obviously, the yeah. 7300 has everything built into it. So 
basically just hooking up a laptop and making sure all the settings are there. It's, it's quite easy from the house, but you know, with the 480 in the car, um, you know, I would have to buy additional things to make that happen. So um, maybe, uh, you know, an FT8 activation in the near future. We'll see. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got into ham radio and uh, maybe even also after that, how you got into parks on the air. Absolutely. So uh, be, believe it or not, I started out on the CB in the eighties. Uh, <laughs> one of my neighbors, the father was a trucker. Um, so, uh, you know, obviously he had a, a CB in his car and they had a CB in the house. So I would often go over there and, you know, we would kind of play around on the CB. And then eventually I decided to get my own CB and, um, you know, made a lot of friends locally. Um, and, uh, you know, just to hang out with people on the, the local CB. And then a bunch of us who were kind of involved in the fire service as well, um, decided, you know, the CB was enough. Let's, let's, you know, let's get our, our license and, you know, enjoy, um, you know, two meter and 70 centimeters. So in, in the mid nineties went out and got my technician, no code license, um, and enjoyed that for a little while. And then, uh, finally they opened up, uh, you know, 10 meters to the technician, no code license, uh, holders and, uh, you know, started to dabble in 10 meters a little bit. Um, and, uh, once I started working different countries, you know, the, the DX bug kind of bit me. Um, and I remained a techno code for a very long time. And then, uh, like 10 meters has been literally dead for, you know, many years with the, with the cycle. So, uh, finally last year I decided, uh, you know, my new year's resolution for 2021 was going to start studying for my general and, uh, I thought I was ready in, you know, February, uh, but it was difficult to find a, a an in, in in person place to take the test. Right. So yeah. finally, I found the um, Yonkers Amateur Radio Club, which is across the river for me in Westchester County. Uh, they were giving a test on March 13th of 2021. So I signed up for the test. They only allowed four of us um, in the room to test due to COVID. And uh, luckily, I walked out of there and had, had passed my test and uh, literally immediately drove home. Um, at the time, like I said, I only had a 40-meter dipole strung in the backyard at that time, um, but immediately turned on the radio and started scanning around at 40 meters and, um, you know, see what we could do. Cool. Well, so uh, Mark, uh, a good friend of, the, of mine, well, we've never met, but I feel like I know him really well, uh, KG6LI. Uh, who has a great YouTube channel as well. He he asks what your CB handle is. Okay. <laughs> You're really going to go there? <laughs> uh, my CB handle was Iceman. <laughs> Iceman. That's great. I, I, I didn't get to choose mine. I, obviously, as a lot, a lot of people, they don't uh, get to choose. Somebody else does it for them. And, and uh, when I was in CB, this was really, it was actually before in high school, uh, mine was, was a carrot top just because I had really flaming red hair. <laughs> so... That's pretty cool. Okay. Well, what about parks on the air? What happened there? How'd that so get like, going? So like I said, I, uh, I upgraded to my general on uh, March 13th of 2021. And um, I only had the, the 40 meter dipole strung in the backyard. I used it primarily just to, you know, listen on the shortwave bands because obviously I couldn't transmit anywhere else besides, you know, 10 meters. Um, but, um, 
so I came home, um, not, not really knowing what to expect on 40 meters. And I happened to be scanning around and I, I literally just heard this guy calling, you know, CQ parks on the air. And I was like, uh, you know, what is parks on the air? But I decided to, you know, give him a call. So, uh, after a few uh, calls of November two Bravo Tango Delta Stroke Alpha Golf, um, he answered me and uh, you know gave me the report and uh, congratulated me on my uh, upgrade and um, you know I logged the, the contact and I said okay maybe there's a couple other parks on the air so I just kept scanning around not knowing anything about parks on the air or the Poda website or anything. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, I, I found a few uh, others on my own and then, uh, you know, checked a couple of the DX clusters and uh, found a few more that way. Um, and I, it was like that for a few days before actually finding, you know, the POTA website and registering and, uh, you know. And then <laughs> you're like, wow, I've got stuff already yeah. in here and I didn't even do anything. Right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's kind of how it all started. Like I said, just upgrading, coming home, working my first couple of parks, and then registering, and uh, you know, been interested in it ever since. Cool. And um, let me pause here real quick. Uh, Dennis, uh, a friend of mine, eighty six DM, says that uh, Coffee and Ham Radio sent him, and then there's several other people uh, also who said that uh, that that's the case. So thank you to Coffee and Ham Radio for sending everybody this way. Um, Dennis also says to, to Mike Kenner, Kenner, how do you pronounce that? Ken Kenner neck that he has lots of poda on his Twitter. So uh, that's pretty cool. I don't know if you know him, but I, I don't really know him. So, uh, but that's kind of leads me to my next, my, my next question, which is, um, tell me a little bit about the community. How, well, first of all, let me, let me back up just a minute. So you got into poda. When was it that you first did your first contact in poda? How long ago? So that was, like I said, the day I upgraded, which was March 13th of 2021, was my first photo contact. Um, and then it was another month and a half to two months before I actually got the, a radio installed in my vehicle and, um, you know, had a, had a hamstick uh, uh, ready to go because um, – I've lived in this house for six years, and prior to that, I lived in a condo, um, so I wasn't able to put up any type of antennas. So I've been portable or mobile um, for for as long as, uh, you know, many, many years. Uh, I've pretty much lived out of the car on radio. Um, so um, I had taken everything out once 10 meters kind of died on us, and then, you know, once I upgraded, it was like, you know, got to get the radio back in the car, got to get a new antenna mount for different bands. And uh, so about two months later, I guess, May was when my I first activated for POTA as well. Okay, cool. All right. So um, let me just, just pause here real quick. Uh, uh, so, Mike, maybe I do know you. I think I do, actually. I apologize. Uh, Kenner. Kenner Connect. That's how you pronounce his name. And yes, I do know you, Mike. I, I really like your Twitter Twitter posts. You have a lot of stuff out there, and I I, I appreciate you being on today. So um, back to my other question, I was going to ask you. Let me before I ask you that, let's let's take a look at something here. I'm going to bring up. Uh, I share my screen and uh, show the audience something here real quick. And that's this right here. 
November 2, Bravo Tango Delta from Park Kilo 1061 in the beautiful state of Arizona, QRZ. Okay, Kilo Delta Zero, Yankee Sierra Delta, I have you 5555 into Park Kilo 1061 in Arizona, Roger. I copy all, you're 55 also into Kilo. Thank you so much for the park to park, 73, have a great day. Yeah, 73, I'm glad you got a radio down yeah, I'm glad I got a radio, too. I, I, I uh, owe a great debt to a friend out here. 7-3, have a great day. November 5, Hotel Alpha. Good morning. You're 5-5, five 55, five, 55, Ken. Thank you for the 5-9, Louisiana, Ken. 7-3, and have a great day. Kilo Bravo 2, Foxtrot Mike Hotel. Good morning, James. Yeah, you're five seven here, James. Fifty seven, Roger. Well, good to get you in the log, James, and uh, I'll be sending you the log tomorrow, Roger. All right, buddy. Have fun, and enjoy the trip. Stay calm and slow. KB2FMA, 7-3 for now, bud. All right, so um, tell us a little bit about, well, or I can tell you, right. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what, what was going on there? Well, um, uh, last year I, I had to head out to Arizona to uh, – uh, bury my father. Uh, unfortunately, he lived in uh, uh, Mesa, Arizona. And, um, you know, I've I, been really involved with POTA uh, almost from the beginning of upgrading. And, uh, you know, one of, one of the things is, you know, trying to activate as many unique parks as you can um, and, you know, unique states. Um, so, uh, you know, my, my father was always supportive of me and my uh, my radio. Um, believe it or not, I did try to live out in Arizona um, back in the mid-90s. I tried to live out there with him. He was living in St. David, Arizona at the time, um, and uh, there was literally nothing to do. <laughs> I couldn't find a job. I didn't have a car, um, but I did have a radio set up there for a little while, so he's always supportive of my radio. So uh, when I went out there to bury him uh, with my siblings, um, my goal was to activate at least one park out in Arizona and uh, uh, put a, a bunch of different feelers out there for who might be able to uh, assist me in getting a park on the air uh, because I didn't want to bring, you know, uh, uh, any equipment and and I don't even own a battery to active to to do a portable activation on my own. So. Uh, Charlie, <laughs> November Juliet 7 Victor, our host here, was kind enough to drive to my sister's house in Mesa and uh, pick me up and drive me out to the park. And uh, we both were able to activate. Um, Charlie did a little sideband, but primarily CW, and I was all voice. And, uh, you know, we were only there for an hour or so, but it was, it totally made my trip. It, re it really did. And I uh, really appreciate the fact that Charlie got me on the air in Arizona. Yeah, thank you. You know what? I have to say it, it was one of the uh, the most memorable uh, experiences for me. And it's because I got to meet you. And uh, it was an honor to meet you. 
And uh, that's kind of what the, the crux of this question is, is tell me a little bit about the POTA community. And the reason I asked that question is because if uh, for those of you who are watching the video, uh, you may not have picked up on this, but man, if you were there, almost every single person he talked to, it was like, hey, Brian, buddy, how you doing? Long time no talk. You know, you know it's like he knew everybody. And so um, I thought it was amazing. And of course, you know, our relationship is, I mean, we don't know each other well, but we don't, we've met each other at least and, and uh, are pretty good friends, I would say. So tell, tell me a little bit about the community for Parks on the Air. I don't think the POTA community is unique per se, I, I think you have this camaraderie no matter what the community is. Um, summits on the air, um, islands on the air. Um, I think you have a common bond between operators that, that hunt different things. Um, I, I hunt anything unique. I hunt summits, I hunt islands, um, castles. I, I don't care what it is. If it's something unique, I'm interested in it. So, you know, I have friends in each community. Um, but POTA, maybe because it's the newest one and maybe because there are a lot of people involved and there are a lot of parks to activate, um, you know, it seems like there's more and more people uh jumping on the POTA bandwagon or, or whatever you want to call it, but it's a, it's almost, it's a, it's a family and it's, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's a great group of people, um, uh, especially fellow activators or even hunters. Um, you know, there's, there's hunters I can almost depend on every time I'm activating, even if it's at 11 o'clock at night when I get out of work, they're there and they're, you know, they're calling me. So it's, it's a great, it's a great group, and uh, I really appreciate all the friendships locally and internationally that I've made through POTA. Yeah, cool. So, yeah, Stu says, <clears throat> I love having Brian call into my activations. He goes a thumbs up. And yeah. then uh, uh, I'm not sure I know uh, who uh, Run to the Music Hello is, but he says that he's, oh, KF4RB. Yeah, that's, uh, Ring, that's Ringo. <laughs> Ringo in Florida. He's uh another POTA operator who recently got his wife into POTA, which thank you for that, Ringo. Glad to have a new member of the community. Yeah, cool. So yeah, there's obviously a lot of people know you. Uh, let me just pause here real quick and, and uh, get Dan on here to say hi. How you doing, Dan? Hi. Sorry, a little late here. Thank you, <laughs> little, Microsoft. <laughs> little, little computer problems, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Well, just didn't want to. I wanted to acknowledge that you're with the group now, so I'll I'll turn some time over to you ask some questions here in just a minute. All right. All right. Uh, anything going on lately that you want to share with the group? Uh, nothing new. Did an activation what a week or so ago, and uh, we'll be out uh, together actually uh, next weekend, next Saturday. So yep. I'm looking forward to that. Yep. Yep. Cool. All right, so uh, let's go ahead and uh, go to the next thing I wanted to share with the with the group that's watching. Now, again, uh, you guys watching either live or or, in, or later on, keep in mind he said that he uh, Brian said that he just got involved in in Parks on the Air uh, in 2021. Or, or was that did you say May, Brian? Yeah, May, May of 2021. 2021. Okay, so. Uh, What's unbelievable to me is in that amount of time, uh, he has been super involved. And so let me just share another screen with you. <clears throat> this right here is his, uh, his page on Parks on the Air. And uh, if you can look at all of his awards he has there, it's, it's, it's amazing. Um, 
there are a lot of pieces of recognition there and some of them are quite significant and so I'd, I'd like brian i'd like to take you give you just a minute to uh, point out maybe two or three of uh, your most memorable or uh, awards or the awards that maybe mean the most to you of these that you get you've got here okay no problem charlie yeah i mean the uh the most the the awards i'm most proud of are probably um i've i've worked all states uh on poda um, which is was hard. Hawaii took me took me quite a while to get it. Um, you know, Poda has a wild card for Washington D.C., which, to be honest, I'm not a big fan of. So when when theoretically you've worked 49 states plus D.C., um, you get the award. But uh, you know that wasn't good enough for me. I, I had to get that last uh, station in Hawaii, which literally it took me a, a good year to get it. Uh, so finally, we're able to do that. And even though there is not an award for it yet, I'm hoping they will add it in the future. Um, I actually just completed uh, POTA uh, Park to Park Worked All States. Wow. <laughs> I yeah, I needed uh, Hawaii was the last state I needed for a park to park. Um, and for those that are not a fam familiar with what we're talking about is when you're at a park and you work another operator in a park, they call it park to park. So um, I don't know if anybody else has done that yet or if they have, how many have done it. But obviously, if it's hard enough to do from your home uh, as a hunter to do it from a park, uh, I think is pretty amazing, too. And, uh, you know, I was a thankfully able to get a park to park with Hawaii at like 1130 at night when I get out of work. And, uh, that was, that was exciting. Yeah, that's, that's cool. And on that, uh, Mark says great accomplishments. It's a struggle just to get 10 contacts here on the West coast at times. Yep, um, yep. and Dennis says park, uh, POTA P2P was that's awesome. And then yeah, th yeah lots you. of acronyms too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I said, it you know, like I said, the 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 worked all states is hard enough, but uh, getting the park to park worked all states, um, you yeah, know, I, I really didn't think it would happen. But amazingly enough, there was a station in Hawaii that was coming in, uh, you know, five one five three, and we were we were able to make the connection. So it it really made my night. <laughs> cool. Any others on this list? Yeah, well, I, re recently I just crossed the uh, 5,000 unique parks hunted. Um, so very proud of that. Um, I think there's less than 25 people that have worked, you know, 5,000 parks or more. I, I think uh, the number one guy is over 9,000, and uh, that's – you know, that's, that's over much pretty, longer time than you have, of, right? Of, of course, but, you know, probably since the inception of POTA. But, uh, you know, it's a lot of time dedicated to it, whether it's at the house or, or you know, I, I mean, I hunt from the car too. You know, I'll just check the cluster POTA app and uh, see what's active and see, you know, what kind of contacts we can make running errands or on the way home from work or, or whatever it may be. Yeah, Stu says that's four thousand seven hundred more than him. <laughs> okay, one more thing here on uh, your accomplishments, and then we'll get into some of the questions on how to help fellow uh, Poto guys. So let's see. Uh, let me share my screen one more time. Uh, share screen. Make sure audio's on. 
and uh, share that. So let's go back over to here and listen to this for a minute. But having said that, oh wait, hold on, just a minute. Uh, what ha what what is this uh, this screen that I have up? These, these are some guys that are giving out awards. Can you talk just <laughs> a little bit about about what they were doing? Yeah, so this is the um, the awards uh, live awards ceremony that Poda had for the summer support your parks weekend. Um, they have a support your parks weekend four times a year uh, during the different seasons, but the summer support your parks on the air is basically the big contest for Poda where you can actually win plaques or awards. Um, I did participate in that last year. And surprisingly, um, I won a, I won a plaque for most voice voice contacts as a hunter in 2021 with 386, not even, not even going, just, just being active when I could. Um, like I said, I only had a 40 meter dipole strung at the house. So I could only do 40 meters from, from where I am now from where my station is. And if I wanted to try and hunt something on 20, I had to run out to the car in the driveway to, uh, to work a park. So uh, the, the plaque that I won last year um, was for most voice contacts as a hunter. And that was 386 contacts. So my goal this year was to, um, you know, possibly do better than I did last year and, you know, defend the plaque. I mean, if you win a plaque, you kind of want to, you know, try and repeat it or defend it yeah. and get, give your best effort. Um, and this was the, uh, this was the announcement of, of the awards for, for that, uh, for that contest. Yep. Okay. Here we go. These total numbers of QSOs are some pretty crazy numbers. So uh, why don't we go ahead and just get it, get into that. You bet. Yeah. Let's look at these big giant piles of QSOs and we'll start with the hunter side. So most contacts as a hunter and uh, a club that we're all familiar with from earlier in the evening, K4YTZ has sponsored this plaque so that it would be available for somebody to win. And um, this year, just like in the past, we're going to see some pretty familiar call signs at the top of the pile for the big categories because the people who were making a lot of mood contacts, a lot of DX region contacts, they were on the air a lot this weekend. So all three of these finalists are call signs that you're going to remember from early in the evening. And those are K9GLS, N2BTD, and N3XLS. So should we okay. go to our first yeah. Jason or yeah, second well, Jason or yeah. a Jason? Who? Let's, uh, you can never have enough Jasons. So let's, uh, let's bring in KCHHWB from Ham Radio 2.0 and see... Who rose to the top of the Cuso Mountain? Thank you, Matt and Vance, for the introduction. Guys, my name is Jason. I'm KC5HWB. I run a channel on YouTube called Ham Radio 2.0, and I'm very excited to announce the winner of the 2022 Parks on the Air plaque event for the most contacts for a hunter station. Let's look and see what the envelope says. See the camera get darker there. Envelope, please. It's not me. The winner for this year for the most hunted contacts for the Support Your Parks on the Air weekend is Brian Duddy, November 2, Bravo Tango Delta. Congratulations, Brian. It was an honor to be able to read that to you guys. And now back to Matt and Vince. All righty. 
you get get your marker out. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. <laughs> Thank you. He's the. Uh... All right, we'll just stop there. Um, what I wanted to, I'll let you. I'll give you a chance, Brian. Uh, Brian, to uh, to elaborate on what they were just going to say. So um, this award is. Uh, you said you had how many the first time you did this? You, you won this award like last year and had. I won, yeah, I won one plaque last year, like I said, for most voice contacts as a hunter. Yeah. So only only sideband, and th that was 386. Yeah. Um, and um, this year, um, I dedicated a lot more time to the contest, um, and uh, my my winning total was 911. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very good. Uh, it's, and and for this one, uh, was this the one we were talking about, or was this one different? Because it says right here that you won four awards for this uh, event, right? Yeah, there w it was. Uh, I w I basically won, uh, you know, every plaque that I could win <laughs> as a hunter uh, <laughs> in, in the voice category. The only ones I didn't win were uh, CW and digital. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Never, never, never expecting that, or that wasn't the goal. The goal was just to, like I do every day, enjoy POTA, enjoy hunting, um, or, you know, I, I did not activate this year, um, but, um, uh, you know, just enjoy it. And I really did. And I, I really appreciate all the people that went out and, um, you know, activated some, some guys activated over 60 parks, um, and I worked them from a majority of them, luckily enough, <laughs> which, yeah. uh, which, which helped me win, you know, the, uh, the, the plaques. Yeah. Stu says that you need a bigger shelf. <laughs> I might need to put an addition on Stu. <laughs> <laughs> and Mike says he absolutely crushed it on Poeta plaque event. Yeah, you did. Didn't you? So. Yeah. Like I said, but it was, it was fun. And, um, you know, and even if I didn't win anything, it, it still would have been just as fun. Yeah. Um, and you know, part of it, the excitement is, you know, you, you, I know how well I did and I know there were other guys out there that were hunting just as much as I did. I had no clue how they were doing. And, um, like I said, I kind of have a disadvantage just being a voice operator maybe because other guys are doing FT8 and CW when, you know, there's, there's a park that they need on there. And, um, you know, I, I have no clue how, how well they're doing. So it's, you know, it's it's a month of suspense before they announce the uh, the winners there live on the internet. So it was uh, it was it was it was a crazy evening on the couch with my my twin daughters waiting, you know, to, for them things to be announced. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I like what you said too because yes, you you went out there and you tried to 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 do your best, uh, which is what anybody would do, uh, or what we try to do anyway. But you you mentioned that it. It was about that, but it was more about just having fun uh, and uh, doing your and, and bettering your personal goal. It wasn't like you were necessarily competing with other people, although you were. But for you, it was I, I, I hit this many people and this uh, or this many contacts. So this next year now I want to hit this many more contacts. And uh, I think that's what it's all about, whether it's Parks on the Air, Soda, whatever it is. Um, it's less about the competition and more about your personal achievements and, and, and trying to better those personal achievements and having fun and enjoying the outdoors. And uh, that's where I think I, I would agree with you. And I think everybody else agrees that it's, 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 that's where the, that's where the crux of, of all this takes place uh, and why, why people do it. 
Absolutely. I mean, if, if you're not out there having fun, you know, what's, what's the point of it? You know, you, you have to have fun and, um, you know, make the friendships because, you know, even though, you know, we may never meet, I still consider a lot of these guys, you know, my friends because I, I talk to them so, so often. Uh, Dan, we'll get to you in just a second and I'll give you an opportunity to ask a few questions. Uh, Mark asks, he says, Brian's wife is licensed and does, she, and does she go on activations? So, No, she, she's not licensed. In fact, she does. She dislikes the radio very much <laughs> without going, without going any further than that. She does not, she does not like the radio at all. <laughs> yeah, she, she has to, yeah. Like my wife says, um, it's it's uh she she calls my radio the mistress because <laughs> she has to compete with the mistress all the time. Um, anyway, um, let's see. <laughs> so uh, KF4RB is going out to do a summit, so uh, he's uh, going to drop off probably. Um, and then the QRP Life uh, brings up a question. I hope I can work uh, into BTTD when I activate sometime uh, someday. Although I tend to be more on CW than I when I activate. So he's uh, so that brings up the question: Is there any interest at all in doing soda uh, summits? Uh, that Morse code for you. So yeah, I mean, I'm not opposed to like I said, I'm not opposed to digital modes. I'm not opposed to CW. Um, I think my primary goal was to get my general. Now I think my my next goal is I need to get my extra. I am very frustrated that there are so many activators out there that activate in the extra portion of the band. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah. I, uh, I understand sometimes the bands do get crowded, especially when there's contesting and everything going on. You have to find a clear frequency, and it may be in that portion of the band. But um, I just think alienating operators uh, from hunting – um by activating in the you know extra portion of the band it's just not it's not something i believe in so uh, i'm going to force myself to start studying for the extra and hopefully we can uh you know we can get that and and then cw will be the next one on top of that yeah. cool good goals uh, so mark says he takes his wife on every every activation and her nagging seems to scare off the mountain lions and, uh, <laughs> and uh, this is greetings from Mont uh, Montego Bay Jamaica hey a very interesting subject thanks for joining us from Montego Bay appreciate it uh, h06y5 cool and then uh, my wife tells me please go mess with your radio and leave me alone <laughs> that was 40 years of marriage. <laughs> so very good all right uh, Dan take it away you have any questions yeah, I was kind of curious. So especially it seems like in the last two months here, maybe I was just paying uh, better attention to it. But i hearing a lot more uh, people that are uh, you hear the term uh, uh, parks on the air after hours. Um, so can you tell us what what that is? And uh, it seems to be gaining a lot more steam. Yeah, well, um, the the parks on the air has uh, uh, you, you can win. You know, there's a lot of different awards you can win, and um, one of the one of the awards you can win is for what they call the late shift. So the late shift 
starts at 0000 UTC. Um, that's 8 p.m. for me here on the East Coast. And it goes until 8 a.m. or, you know, 1200 UTC the next day. So for every contact that you make between, you know, 0000 and 1200, it counts towards this late shift award. Um, there are some people like myself, like um, one week I work 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. And then the next week I work 3 p.m. to 11 p.m. So sometimes when I get out of work at 11 p.m., I will just drive to one of my local parks. I actually have a park three minutes from my house that I've activated over 120 times in the last year. And, um, you know, I'll just sit there and do, you know, uh, 20 meters, 40 meters, maybe 80 meters and, you know, try and work as many as I can. Um, you'd be surprised at what kind of conditions you have, um, that late at night. So, um, I call it the night owl shift, you know, 11 PM, I'm getting out of work. I do the night owl shift. Some other people do it, call it parks in the dark, um, because it's <laughs> completely, completely black. Uh, you know, they're, do they're activating a park and they're the, pretty much the only one there. Um, so yeah, there's a couple of different terms for it, but it's usually late late night activations after hours. Okay. Yeah. It, I would imagine too, that, um, it, back in the, you know, East coast and Midwest and stuff, at least I, I'm from Michigan originally. So I remember this uh, about Michigan and in Arizona, we've only got 33 state parks. I mean, we have, you know, a lot of other uh, national monuments and, uh, parks as well, but, with 33 state parks and they're kind of dispersed around. So it's, it's not a quick drive to get to any of them from Phoenix, except for really one that uh, you, you have a lot better choice and, and availability to, to get to parks and, and uh, see a lot of different ones as well. Yeah, I, I am very fortunate. I have a dozen parks that are within 15, 20 minutes of my house. Um, so uh, that is fortunate for me. <laughs> Other people do have to drive quite far distances, um, to activate and, um, you know, uh, it's, it, I'm sure it takes a toll on, on them, you know, those long drives and certainly on the gas tank. Yeah. It's really nice if you got a, a bunch of parks close by. So, um, and, uh, Definitely some of the pictures and things like that that you see on Twitter feeds and things like that of people operating and where they're at. It's really nice back there. I kind of miss all all the lushness that we don't have here. Uh, <laughs> there's some really great places here in Arizona, but you kind of miss that when you're from the uh, Midwest originally. So, I, mean, I think every state has its own unique you know, park system, and I always enjoy – seeing pictures that other operators take from their activations. Um, and I try and take pictures as well. I took plenty of pictures when Charlie and I were out in the desert <laughs> and videos and whatever. And I always enjoy sharing, you know, the reports from those activations, um, you know, especially out of state. Yeah. All yeah. right. Uh, let's, uh, so Mike and Mark have a couple questions, but we'll get to those. Um, and have you answered them? Mike uh, uh, talks about Poda and Soda, and Mark is about the beaches. Uh, but before we get there, let, let me make sure I don't uh, uh, 
lose focus on what we were we have you here for and talk a little bit about what you think some common mistakes are people make for Poda, um, and then maybe some tips you'd give others to improve their parks on the air participation. Okay, well, um, I think one of the mistakes sometimes people make is um, not spotting themselves. It's very difficult to have a successful activation without spotting yourself. So I know that there are some parks in my area where the cell service is a little bit difficult. So I think if you're going to do a park or any type of activation where you're going to have spotty cell service, you kind of have to pick a frequency before going into it and um, at least spot yourself saying, hey, I'll be active on this frequency in another 10 or 15 minutes. Don't wait till you get to a park where you have no cell service, um, where you're unable to spot yourself, and then you're basically calling CQ, parks on the air, and there's no one there to answer you, and it may take you, you know, 20, 30 minutes before somebody scanning the band finally finds you and is familiar with what parks on the air is, and then is able to spot you. So I think that maybe um, that advice uh, is be familiar with your park. Make sure you know if you have cell service there. And if you don't, then um, try and spot yourself uh, 10, 15 minutes prior you know, to activating the park when you do have cell service. Yeah, so you mentioned that. That's a great one, even for soda, same thing. So spot yourself. You mentioned, if possible, try to stay on the general band instead of going into the extra. Okay, what else is there? Um, I, I think, you know, being a port of operator is, 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 you know, it's all a learning curve. So, you know, you find what works best for you. Right now, for me, it's operating out of a vehicle. Um, I do want to, you know, get a portable setup of some sort, um, you know, a battery and an antenna um, and just do your research. You know, there's plenty of uh, great YouTube videos on antennas and, you know, find one that one you can afford and, you know, two that, uh, you know, you're not going to have great difficulty assembling and, and putting it up, you know, doing your portable activation. Uh, you know, maybe a small, small footprint is what I'm saying. Cool. All right. What about for a hunter? Uh, what, what mistakes or advice or, you know, what, what tips would you give hunting? hunting? <laughs> well, the hunters have it easy. They, you know, hunters can just kind of sit at home, um, you know, make sure you register at poda.app um, and just basically watch the spots that are coming in. You know, you can filter them by band if you only have access to a specific band at the house. Um, or you could narrow it down to a specific mode. If you're just a voice operator or if you're just a CW operator, you could filter it down like that. But uh, register for POTA and, um, you know, just watch the spots come through and, and, and tune, tune to the frequency and see if you can hear the, the activator and work it. Um, some people do create spreadsheets of the parks that they've worked and, uh, there, there is uh, 
There is a new extension um, that somebody had created for POTA um, where it'll tell you if you, uh, it's called POTA Plus. It'll tell you if you've worked the park or, or not before, whether it's a, a new one or if you've active or if you've hunted it before. So um, a lot of us hunters that are chasing new ones uh, have, you know, downloaded this POTA Plus enhancement um, and, and it really, it really works well. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Stu says you can use a schedule activation page on, on POTA if you know, you're not going to have internet access. So that's a good suggestion. Um, and then also, uh, uh, K zero KLB, um, he says it's a, it's the, the spotting is key. He's just like you did. He says, yeah, he totally agrees with that. Uh, for sure. Uh, before I get to these other questions and to see if Dan has anything else, I wanted to ask you, uh, Dan does have something else. So yeah, but let me ask you something else here real quick. And that is, um, what about operating and courtesy and operating on the air? Is there anything that people should know or be aware of when it comes to working each other? Yeah. I mean, I think the, the, the biggest thing is, is having patience, um, you know, and, and, um, learning the people that you're, you're working because these, these call signs will start to become very familiar with you. Just like a lot of the, the activators in, in our chat here, you know, they're very familiar with my call sign. So they could basically hear a partial of my call in a pileup and then they'll say, okay, November two, Bravo Tango Delta, go ahead. So, you know, learning, learning the call signs that are calling you, um, uh, being patient and finding um, a good way to log, whether it's paper um, or a laptop um, or like myself, I use uh, hammers or HamRS, however you want to call it. I use that on my cell phone and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it, it makes things easy for me you know, just logging into my phone because I always have my phone with, with me. And, um, you know, as soon as I'm done with the activation, you know, I can create an ADI file and email it to myself and upload it as soon as I get home. Thank, thank God the, uh, the POTA developers have, uh, you know, allowed us to do self-uploading now, which is a, was a huge step in, in POTA. Yeah. What about, um, you have a good perspective because you're a hunter and an activator. What about when you hear or send P to P or park to park? Any, any, uh, I mean, anything to know there? Is it, is it just uh, dog eat dog or do you, do people step aside for that? What, what's the, what's well, the philosophy there? Most, most, most operators will, if they work an activator and they hear a park to park calling, uh, I know I do it. I've heard plenty of other operators do it too. Uh, they will let the activator know that there is a park to park calling. So most times the activator will say, okay, everybody stand by the park to park only go ahead. So we kind of try and give courtesy to those activators that are trying to work another activator. Um, me personally, if I'm trying to work a park to park um, I always give my call sign first and then say park to park after my call sign. This way, hopefully the park to park part of 
my call trails at the end and the activator will hear the park to park. He might not hear my call sign because there's so many people calling, but he'll hear the park to park part of it. Um, and will then, you know, pick me up. Uh, I think there are some operators out there that yell, just yell park to park without giving their call sign. I don't think that's really good etiquette. Um, I think you should at a minimum give your call sign and then say park to park. Um, but yes, there, there is, uh, there are plenty of people that will try and help the park to park operators get in and listen for them. Okay, cool. Let me just recognize real quick QRP life. He just uh, donated uh, $5. It says great tips, especially about activating in the general portion of the bat. I'm itching to get out, uh, catch you guys later. And I still don't know. I don't think QRP life's actual name. I always just refer to him as QRP life. He might've told me once, but I, I forgot. So some point he's going to have to tell me, uh, but I, we really appreciate you doing that, uh, QRP Life. So what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to, we're going to get caught up on all the comments. There's actually quite a few comments and questions that we need to get caught up on, but let me just get Dan. I think Dan has a, another question or two, and then we'll get over to the comments. Yeah, I, I guess I really have uh, two here. Um, after you arrive at the park, and how do you go about selecting where you're going to operate from, and then... You know, it, how do you deal with, you know, park personnel, too, that may stop by and wonder what's going on and why are you here? And, you know, uh, nah, you really can't do that here kind of scenarios. Yeah, I mean, I think personally, I try and activate, you know, away from everybody. Like I said, I'm in my vehicle, so it has to be, you know, in a parking spot. But I try and park either on the other end of the lot where maybe there aren't so many vehicles. Um, and then occasionally you, you're at a park that it's just, there's not a lot of parking and you just have to do what, you know, park where you have to park. Um, you know, occasionally you do have people coming up and, and asking, you know, some questions. So, uh, you know, I'll tell the people, uh, you know, I, to stand by for a moment while I just try and explain it to somebody walking by. Um, there, most of my parks, um, you know, there's there's plenty of places to go where you're kind of alone. But there's a few um, where, you know, th there are a lot of people that may come over and ask questions. But I always, you know, tell them, you know, I'm an amateur radio operator. I'm, I'm here, you know, activating this park. And I'm trying to make contacts with people in different states and people around the world. And a lot of times they're kind of amazed that you could talk to somebody in a different country, but, uh, you know, explaining it to them is, is probably the best thing. Sometimes they'll stick around for a little bit and listen. Other times they'll just say, okay, thanks. And, you know, walk away. Yeah. That you kind of, uh, answered my second question too, especially with the public, you know, how often do you get those interactions and, um, you know, are they, do they seem have any interest in it or, you know, are they like a lot of people nowadays who just say, oh, do you guys still do that? I'm, I'm amazed. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely those type of questions. You get people that know a little bit of information about it. Um, and then there's some people that, you know, really don't know anything where you kind of have to explain it a little bit more. But um, you never know when one of these people may, may, you know, gain interest just from, you know, seeing your activation. So. You know, the more information that you can, you know, give to them, the better. 
Okay, Very so true. Brian, have you done any soda activations yet? And you know, perhaps a soda poda would be uh, in order. Yeah, I have not done any official soda activations yet because, like I said, I, I do everything out of my vehicle. Um, there are a few parks here. Um, there's three within, you know, 15 minutes of me, three parks that are also valid as summits. So I do want to, I do want to start doing summits on the air. I'm not, I'm not really in shape to start climbing any crazy mountains yet. Um, but yes, I definitely would love to be, uh, out there as a soda operator. Uh, you know, I've been hunting soda, uh, for a lot longer than parks on the air. Um, primarily it was just on 10 meters. Um, and one of my m most unique uh, contacts, I worked a VK station, uh, on a summit on 10 meters. <laughs> and, uh, that was, uh, was quite exciting for actually both of us. And, uh, I want to be able to get out there and do a summit as well. So hopefully I'll be able to buy, you know, uh, one of those LifePo batteries and uh, some type of portable antenna set up. And hopefully you'll hear me from a summit in the near future. Yeah, that'd be cool. Mark says one of the issues in California is the majority of the parks are beaches, which can be really tough uh, to access in the summer. Yeah. Isn't that the truth? Huh? And uh, then Gary. Yeah, I, I, I definitely feel. Yeah, go ahead. I said, I definitely feel for him that that must be difficult. Gary K seven UOU he's out our way. He also has twin girls, by the way. Uh, he if oh. it would be he said it would be great if uh, someone preserve some of the preserves could be included in Poda parks. Yeah, the the preserves some of them aren't. Um, yeah, I, I think that the uh, you know the at least here in the United States there's kind of a moratorium of of adding parks. We have over nine thousand, um, so. That's quite a quite a large number of parks to be activated, and you know they've added wild wildlife management areas, um, and uh, you know a lot in Pennsylvania have come up like that. So you know eventually those things may be added. I think Poda is concentrating on adding um, more countries to the uh, uh, to to their to their you know, what's going on. So, um, you know, I think that's also great as well, introducing POTA in, in different countries. Uh, I think that's a great way to grow it um, because it, it's definitely gaining interest worldwide. Yeah, yeah. You st you're seeing more and more outside of the United States. Uh, Mark says for the QRP operators, it helps a ton if others spot us too. And I'm sure that happens on in the POTA side, right? For sure. Ab absolutely. Yeah. And then uh, Stu says, be polite and patient, or, or those are in reference to the you know, important ways to operate um, and keep yourself uh, uh, courtesy, keep yourself courteous. And then he says, the new self-upload is awesome. And I have to agree. I've used that, and it is great. And then – Yeah, you know, and it, you know – Sorry, Charlie. Yeah, I, I was just going to say that, uh, you know, the fact that you can now upload your own log is, uh, you know, is really great. I mean, you know, before that you had to email, you know, your log to a, a coordinator for your area, and they were just having to do hundreds of logs on a daily basis. So the fact that, you know, each operator can upload their own log is, is really great. 
Yeah. Yeah, and I can't um, cannot imagine the amount of work and time spent for all those people who volunteered to support this program and upload all those logs and trying to get them done while, you know, having a job, having, you know, their own family and everything else. Hats off to them. They did a great job for a lot of years and I'm I'm glad that they kind of get a break now. <laughs> yep, I agree. So he also says he agrees with the way you do it, call sign and then park to park. That was Stu again. And uh, then the next is uh, from uh, from Kevin. He says, look at the Spotter page before you start to see what frequencies are in use so we don't activate on top of or, or, or too close to activate frequency, act to an activate freq active frequency causing QRM. Yeah, QRM can be a problem. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that happens on 20 meters occasionally where, you know, people are picking, you know, a frequency that's only one kilohertz away from another POTA activator. Um, so, yeah, that that is absolutely great advice. Just, uh, you know, take a look at the POTA app page, see who's active on the band that you want to be active on and try and find, you know, a frequency that doesn't interfere with that other operator. That's great advice. Yep. And then Greg says, what mobile app do you use? And Stu answers, HamRS. Uh, for me personally, I think that's the best one out there. Although you have to pay five bucks, I would say it's worth the five bucks and more. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know what I would do without Hammers. Um, it's the, the you, you could log, uh, you could use it to log summits on the air, um, you know, or just as a general log as, as a portable operator for, but for POTA, um, which I think it was really built for. Um, it's it's really a great easy template for logging your contacts, um, and even if it's a park to park, um, you know you you just put the park to park the the park ID in there, and if it's more than one park to park, the, some operators operate from you know three or four parks depending upon where they are. Um, you just put a comma and then you put the next park number. And when you hit save, it then generates two different loggings for the two different parks. So even though you're only in one park, the other operator is in two parks. So it's really two contacts. Um, so oh, yeah, that it's a great man, it's a great app. Oh, so glad you said that. I, I was wondering about that. I actually was going out and and doing each log individually. I didn't realize that's such a great shortcut. Park, comma, park, comma, and then boom, nice. Yeah, it's it's a it's it really is a great app. Um, people, you know, have had had issues over with it over the years, but I, I'm pretty sure it's it's really stable now, and I I I use it on a daily basis. Yeah, and then we have uh, Adam who says, in my opinion, when you are operating Soda or Poda, and I would add any real uh, you know program, you are an ambassador to the hobby and sharing when uh, with sharing when others are interested. I'm not quite sure sharing and sharing when others are in interested in is an important part of that. Okay. So, I think so what he's saying is, is, you know, your most important part is you're an ambassador. And so you got to share uh, what you're doing and, and uh, make it fun for everybody. Yep. Think, think about Absolutely. what you might totally say agree to, with that. Think about what you might say to, to an individual who just happens to walk up and, and doesn't understand what you're doing. Um, you know, Think about you know what you would say as far as you know being a ham radio operator and it's and you know coupling that with your enjoyment of 
this particular activity, whether it's POTA, soda, islands on the air, whatever it is, you know, to maybe it'll help bring up some interest for that person to maybe get involved. They, you know, a lot of people enjoy the outdoors and they're always looking for other things to couple with, with that interest. Yeah. And then Mike says, I'm planning on doing my first soda POTA two the weekend of uh, September 10th to 11th, which is when the ARRL September VHF contest is. Well, uh, good. Good luck on that. Uh, I don't think you'll have much trouble because uh, VHF is not used that often with uh, POTA. Is that right, uh, Brian? Is, is uh, VHF used? Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's primarily, you know, an HF thing. But there, there, are, there are plenty of people that do bring HTs with them to the park. Um, because another one of the awards that you can win is, uh, you know, you could, uh, if you, if you activate a park on 10 different bands. So if you activate 10 parks on 10 different bands, then, you know, they have an award for that as well, which is encourages you to not just stay on one band all the time, you know, uh, obviously you need to do, you know, 80, 20, 40, 17, 15, and then, you know, two meters, 70 centimeter. I mean, activating a park on 10 bands is quite a feat. Yeah. Okay, Brian, I think we were at the end here. Uh, actually over time, just a little bit, but that doesn't matter. Uh, if let's just step back for just a minute and give you an opportunity. Is there anything at all that you would like to share with the with the viewing audience that uh, we didn't talk about here? Is there is there anything that any passion you have or any great advice or just anything that comes to mind that you want to share with uh, with the with the group? I think that that advice would be to, you know, align yourself with some of your local activators as well. Um, I'm fortunate enough here. Um, to have a great network of portable operators. Uh, I'm a member of the Fairlawn Amateur Radio Club. Um, they're based out of New Jersey, but I'm close enough to the New Jersey border to join. Um, and we have a great group of portable activators. Um, we're in constant communication with each other, always trying to get together to go out and activate. Um, so I would suggest, you know, trying to uh, you know, get together with your local activators, um, even if it's just to hang out and pass the mic at the park. Um, but that's, you're going to encourage more people to want to join you and encourage more people to get out and be portable. All right, cool. And then, uh, Dan, let's uh, wrap it up here. If anything else you want to add and, uh, and anything you want to uh, say your goodbyes or whatever to Brian and I'll do the same and we'll wrap it up here. All right, great. Thanks, Brian, for you know coming on the show today. I learned a whole lot of other things about POTA that I didn't really realize, and uh, just like to make the comment that you know if you enjoy getting out and enjoy amateur radio, give uh, Parks on the Air a, a try. Yeah, and I would also uh, agree with uh, both of you. And um, let me just uh, pull this up here real quick. Mike says, "Great stream. I hope to catch you all in the air soon." N two M A K. Mike, thank you so much. This is really appreciated the ten dollars i appreciate that and then uh um kevin says a great show charlie thanks for uh, sharing brian and i appreciate it too I, I would say brian it was such a pleasure to meet you in person when you came out i was it was i was so happy to to be able to do that activation with you there at lost dutchman state park it was a fun one i've been back since several times that was the first 
parks on the air only activation I ever did was that one with you. And since then I've done more, uh, but it was, it got me out of my comfort zone a little bit and I was happy to do it. So, and then of course, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I think it's been very helpful to people and uh, you have a wealth of knowledge and not uh, more important than that. You're just a great guy and a, and a great for the community. So I appreciate you coming. Thank you for having me, Charlie. And really, uh, you know, thank you for, for, for all you did for me when I was out in Arizona and getting me on the air. It was, you know, th that this, that's just proof of, of the, you know, the portable, portable operators sticking, you know, sticking together, doing whatever we can to, you know, help each other get on the air, uh, whether it's somebody locally or somebody from out of state that's visiting on vacation. And I will, I will never forget that. No problem. All right, stick around. We're going to end the stream, but stick around and we'll uh, we'll chat just a little bit afterwards. Uh, thanks, everybody, and we'll uh, catch you later. Bye-bye.